Thank you for downloading this sermon from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website at www.trinityspartanburg.com. 1 Samuel 29. This is the word of the Lord. It is eternally true. Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, while the Israelites were camping by the spring which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines were proceeding on by hundreds and by thousands, and David and his men were proceeding on in the rear with Achish. Then the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been with me these days, or rather these years? And I have found no fault in him from the day he deserted to me to this day. But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him, and the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Make the man go back, that he may return to his place where you have assigned him, and do not let him go down to battle with us, or in the battle he may become an adversary to us. For with what could this man make himself acceptable to his Lord? Would it not be with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sing in the dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you're going out, and you're coming in with me, and the army are pleasing in my sight. For I have not found evil in you from the day of your coming to, to me to this day. Nevertheless, you are not pleasing in the sight of the Lord's. Now therefore return and go in peace, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. And David said to Achish, But what have I done? And what have you found in your servant from the day when I came before you to this day, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish replied to David, I know that you are pleasing in my sight like an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said he must not go up with us to the battle. Now then arise early in the morning with the servants of your lord who have come with you. And as soon as you have risen early in the morning and have light, depart. So David arose early, he and his men, to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Let's begin with a little review. Chapter 28, you'll remember, was King Saul consulting with a, uh, a witch, a medium, a spiritist. Uh, somebody who practices the dark arts, and we went over that last time. And uh, you'll remember that that she um, she, at the request of Saul, brought um, uh, brought up from the dead. Although I'm not sure I'd put it that way. More um, through through whatever means God um, communicated to Saul through an image of Samuel, and. Um, And we found out there that Saul and his sons would die very shortly. In fact, the next day. And um, this is, uh, you remember earlier in the passage also that it says that Saul had been the one to clean up the land of the mediums and spiritists. And yet he and his servants knew exactly where to go to get uh, to consult with, uh, with one. And so Saul is... Saul's sin is progressing. It's progressed to the point where he's sinning against knowledge. He, he, uh, he is sinning um, in very uh, open and um, tragic ways. His fall is imminent. 
And then we return in 29 to where we left off, really, in chapter 27. So 28 was this sort of uh, uh, change of scene to Saul. And now 29 is David back with the Philistines. And he's back with uh, Achish, king of Gath. Remember, David had fled and taken up residence with the Philistines and with Achish, king of Gath, hometown of Goliath. And he's been... What has David been doing while he's been with um, Achish? It's, it's important to remind ourselves. He's been making raids, but he's been making raids against the Philistines, not against the Israelites. And so he, he has remained faithful to King Saul. He is not King Saul's enemy by any stretch of the means. He's definitely not Israel's enemy. He's remained, David has remained faithful to Israel and to Israel's God. And um, not to the Philistines. And then we get this chapter where, where David is really in, in the midst of a situation, isn't he? The Philistines are gathering together. And they're going to, uh, this seems to be a, a particularly fierce attack against Israel. And so the armies are gathering together. And David and his men, his four, is it four, 600 men, go with um, <clears throat> with the armies of the Philistines. So now what is he going to do? What is he going to do when there's um, this official force going up against Israel? Well, praise God, the Philistine lords object. Right? The, the Philistine lords, who are the, 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 uh, the leaders, the elders, and um, object. And Achish, isn't this amazing that Achish goes, the, the Philistine commanders say, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish has this defense of David. And notice what he says, is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel? And you would think that, you know, that's precisely the issue here. But he goes on and says, who has been with me these days, or rather these years, and I have found no fault in him from the day he deserted to me to this day. From the day he deserted. So Achish's view is that David has deserted Israel to come over to the Philistines. That's what's given him guard. That's what's allowed him to uh, exist in the city of Ziklag with his men. So David defends him, and the commanders then come back and insist. Send him back. And what do they quote? They quote that popular song of the day, right? It's been getting around on the radio stations um, through, you know, Philistia and and Israel. Um, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And it's just interesting to note that that was sung among the Israelites, right? And yet here the Philistines know that, um, that song. They know the reputation of David, that, that Saul has done amazing deeds, but David has done more amazing deeds. And, uh, and don't forget all of the history that's preceded this. And they're like, look, this is, this is that David. This is that David that, that the, the, uh, the women sang about and danced, and he's going to turn on us in battle. He's going to turn on us in battle. Achish relents and says here in verse 6, as the Lord lives, you have been upright 
Again, here's more praise from David's enemy, right? As the Lord lives, you have been upright. You're going out and you're coming in with me and the army are pleasing in my sight for I have not found evil in you from the day of your coming to me to this day. Nevertheless, you are not pleasing in the sight of the Lord's. Therefore, return, go in peace that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. And then, and this, this is confusing to me, David objects. David's like, but what have I done? And, and what have you found in your servant from the day that I came before you to the day that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord, the king? Um, David, you should be rejoicing because you've gotten out of this, this jam that you were in, right? You were going to have to fight against Israel. And so David objects here. Um, I've been faithful. You know, why do I have to go home? And, and either we can... Uh, maybe David just likes to fight. Right? But we know later that he stays home from fighting. And it's his downfall. Right? But, it, but he objects. What have I done? And um, one commentary said in this... the. De- the deceived defends his deceiver. So that's Achish defending David. The deceived defends his deceiver. And the relieved disputes his relief. This is David disputing his relief. You know, he's getting out of this situation. He's like, ah, you know, why should I be out of this? So um, I thought that was a good way of summarizing just the, the, uh, the strangeness of this passage. The deceived defends his deceiver and the relieved disputes his relief. So Achish responds... Um, you are right, but must leave. Leave in the morning light. And David then departs. And um, he returns to Ziklag just in time. And that's chapter 30, which we'll come to next time. So that's our passage. It's rather simple. Um, There are a few complexities to it, but it's rather mundane, isn't it? It's a mundane passage. David's going to go up and fight with the Philistines. The Philistines don't want it. He gets out of it. He departs. So what do we do with a passage like this? This is all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for training in righteousness, right? And so when we come to a passage like this, it's easy for us to just um, quickly push by it. But if you preach through a book, you have to preach on chapter 29, just like 28 and just like 30. There are profitable things in here for us. And, and um, you know, big events take place before and after it, yet um, we get this chapter on David getting in and then getting out of a fight with the Philistines. What do we make of this? Um, how does this passage profit us? And so I want to open it up to, to your thoughts at this, as I've been doing in these evening services. Your thoughts, as, as you come to this passage, as you heard it read, as you have shortly meditated on it, what applications of, um, how does this train us in righteousness? What encouragements in this? Anything? I have three, I'm saving them for the. Right.
Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's one of, one of the things that I take away from this passage is, by God's grace, David has a good reputation among even Achish. Right? By God's grace, by God's protection, by God's oversight, David, David is, I mean, this is all about David being protected among the Philistines. David in the midst of his enemies having a good reputation. It's mind-boggling, right? It's mind-boggling. Um, the whole ruse of his not being revealed as a, as a attacker of Phil- Philistia is, is um, God's providential care of King David. God is preserving his servant in enemy territory, in a foreign land, right? And, uh, and we see that. So um, the blessings that God can give even in protecting, protecting our reputation in the midst of our enemies. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. That's helpful. Right. Yeah, he was. He, he didn't have to fight a, a terrible fight. He got to fight a righteous fight, which was to um, rescue the people of Ziklag, rescue his own people, um, which comes up rather than um, go up against his own people, in um, with the Philistines. Yes, exactly. So it's another example, and we've seen a lot of these examples in First Samuel of things happening at the right moment, right? God providentially ordering things so that somebody can be in the right spot at the right time. And here's David being pulled out of one situation and um, thrust into another for the good of his people. And um, that is David, and and we get to this next time, but that is David taking on the the role of a king, right? He he is... is, uh, all through this, he's been training to be the king. He's been respecting the Lord's anointed and the king, but now he's been in situations where he's had to practice his own, um, his own leadership. And these, these are those situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. That's a good point. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he didn't inquire of the Lord before. Okay. All right. He didn't. Um, he uh, he went. He went with them. And perhaps uh, he was waiting for, <laughs> waiting for the Lord's providential rescue in the midst of that. Um, but yeah, we don't see him crying out in prayer. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way of escape, right? Um, God provided David uh, a way out. 
and um, he didn't have to run headlong into something that would have been uh, sin against God, right, by, by attacking his own people, by attacking God's people. And he is, yeah, providing a way of escape. First Corinthians 10.13, right? <clears throat> Anything else occur to you? David. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> perhaps um uh perhaps he's uh he's lingered too long. Perhaps he's become too good of friends with Akish, right? And um he hasn't kept the uh the demarcation clear between uh him the the um nation surrounding him and, and the people of God. And now he's he's in a difficult situation because of that. that that's a good point. Yep. Um, anything else? Any? Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> and and scripture doesn't doesn't spell that out. Yeah, God's will, God's will is not um, upended by uh, anyone's particular sins, right? God's will is carried on even through that, and uh, and so we see him, we see him providing for Israel uh, in this very. I, I would, I keep saying mundane. It's it probably wouldn't be mundane if we were in it, but. Um, compared to the other things going on in First Samuel, it's it's rather mundane. <clears throat> That's a good point. Yep. If David had gone up, then uh, he, it would have uh, put him in a temp- tempting situation to defend Saul, uh, and uh, and it had been prophesied that he would die. And. Um, that's a good point too, and that that um, that's an interesting point I hadn't thought of. Well, here's um, hey yeah, saw that hand. So in other words, the, the lords of the Philistines got it right. Yes. Um, it doesn't spell that out here, but sure. from a strategic standpoint, he's at the back. Yeah. So now they're fighting from the front. And then you have Goliath coming in. What's strategic about being at the back?
Gotcha. Talking about Saul. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Okay. Good. Good. These are all really good observations. What are the applications? Okay. Take it to the next step. And part of uh, part of this is to train us in how to how to take scripture and and not just make observations, but pull applications out of this. So these are great observations. A lot of which I hadn't thought about, or the commentaries hadn't thought about, but they should have. So what applications come out of this? What what encouragement does this give us? How does this make us? Um, how does this make us? How does this passage train us in righteousness and make us more like Christ? How, what would you say? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Trust God. Trust God. He, he, he is providential not just over our lives, but over the lives of everybody that in the world, right? <clears throat> and so, so um, the, you, can, uh, you can rest in him. There is rescue. There is salvation with God. He has saved David out of this situation. And so we can trust in him. Absolutely. That's one thing I come away with and I say, okay, relax. God is at work. Corey, way back there, I saw your... Yes. Discernment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, discernment. <clears throat> Exercising discernment. Now, again, that that's reading it. We don't know we don't know David's intent. And so um we want to be careful with that, but but he does submit to Achish, right? He does relent and say, okay. And um, you would think that somebody who is impetuous or somebody who wants to, um, wants to come against the Philistines, would, would, uh, he would not relent. But we see David, we see David time and time again honoring authority. He's done it with Saul. He does it even here with Achish, Right? And and you, you think that that's part of that's part of the um, that's part of what makes him the leader he he becomes in Israel is having learned how to submit he he is learning how to lead and so yeah that's that's a good point good application Nathan you just walked in from the hallway good I thought you slept out there but.
Yeah, I mean, he he's um, <clears throat> he has a good reputation with him, and he's objecting to even the accusation, right? That that somehow he did wrong. But David knows, David knows what he's been up to, though, right? And so that's why I say, you know, that the deceiver is defending his deceiver, and 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 the uh, this objection here is quite strange to me. If somebody can figure it out. Um, you know, kudos. Okay. <laughs> it could. It could be. It, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'll say this: God is at work, right? The, and and this is this is what Sandy was saying. God is at work. God is providential. God is is. Um, Though God is barely mentioned in this passage, right? His name is mentioned, but there's not prayers, there's not anything. God is at work. He's quietly present to protect David. Quietly present. You know, God is oftentimes quietly present in our lives, and and we have to search to see it, right? But, But He's quietly there protecting us always, always. Remember that quiet protection. <clears throat> sure. Achish's tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the covenant name of, of Israel. Well, before I said that this might indicate that Achish has been converted. If he's calling upon the God of Israel... And uh, swearing by his name, it, as some of the commentators said, it may be that he's actually converted. And that puts a whole different spin on all of this. this that becomes Achish sort of being aligned with David and the lords of the Philistines against both of them. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ralph, uh, what is it? Um, I can't ever remember his name. I always just put RDR in my uh, notes. Um, uh, wait, the, the the guy down in Columbia that preaches, Dale Ralph Davis. Yeah, I always put Ralph first. Dale Ralph Davis says this in his commentary. As you ponder the ground you've traveled, the murky stuff the Lord has carried you through, the twists and turns of your life, can you not see glimpses of silent mercy of quiet care? Right, those twists and those turns, those strange situations that you were pulled out of. David being rescued here, it, it's just the quiet, providential care of the of God Um, the steps of a good man are ordained by the Lord and he delights in his way right this is God ordaining the steps of David I think of this in my my own life I made one of the one of the seemingly arbitrary decisions of where to go to grad school Right, where to go to grad school? Not an important thing in the grand scheme of things. I mean, maybe in some fields um, more than others. So I apply to many grad schools, and I get accepted at one. Right, only one do I get accepted at, and so I had one option of where to go to grad school to study music, and um, 
And there I met, you know, I, I was, I first of all was in a healthy church for the first time. I was mentored. I was fathered in the faith. I met my wife and I decided upon a vocation that had nothing to do with the grad school that I went to. And most of the time I spent working in the church. And so it's like that one main mundane thing was a huge, huge uh, um, <clears throat> providential step that the Lord sort of locked me into. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and my life has fallen out from that moment. That was such a central, I mean, the things that happened there were so central to my life. And so that one decision, you know, what grad school, I probably didn't even pray about it. Um, I was young in the faith, you know, it was like, okay, these are the best schools, I'll apply to these, and I probably didn't even think about it, and then God's providentially caring for me, and um, so much happens in Bloomington, the, 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 the height of God's mercy was that he, um, he brought to me a great woman in my wife, and uh, the rest is history, right? Um, and now look at all these children, you know, as a result of, of that decision that I didn't make, the Lord made. Um, so I see reflections of that in this, and it just makes me praise God for his care uh, in these situations. God uses, uh, secondly, I said God uses the, the Philistine commanders to save David. God uses enemies in order to save David that, from that situation if we... Th- you know, if we take his motives as, as he's just waiting on God's rescue. But he uses Philistine commanders. If God is for you, then, then who's against you? You know, if God is for you, um, then, then he's for you, right? And uh, the Lord's deliverances are astonishing. Even enemies are used to further our deliverances. Even enemies, Right? Um, in some sense, we could say that it was the Romans who, who, uh, who gained us our salvation, right? They crucified Jesus, <laughs> and through their sin, we have deliverance, right? Through their sin, we have deliverance in the Lord. And so the Philistine commanders, these enemies, what they say leads to his deliverance. And then um, chapter 28 uh, 25. Look at this contrast between Saul and David. Just this, this imagery, the contrast between Saul and David. Saul leaves in the middle of the night in darkness. David arises early in the morning and departs to where he's going to. This, this contrast of one departing in darkness, having consulted with a medium, and then David being rescued and departing in the light. I think that's um, I think that's not uh, coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit uh, showing us the, the that that Saul's the, the sunset is coming on Saul's reign, and David is ascending into this um, into uh, his role as the king of Israel. Darkness versus light, right? And that's what the whole chapter of twenty-eight is. It's it's Saul. descending down into the darkness in order to find wisdom away from the Lord. And he departs in the dark. David is is waiting on the Lord. God rescues him and he departs in the morning 
And so it's as if this, there's a new day dawning in Israel through, um, through David. And so, um, you know, the, the forgiveness of the Lord, the mercies of the Lord that are new every morning toward those who fear him, right? That is something that we should um, look forward to and anticipate, that we can raise our heads from our pillows in the morning and look forward to... Um, Look forward to the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? Anything else? It's, it's really, I'm, yeah, Sandy. That's right. That's right, exactly. So, I mean, that's, this is a rich passage. You know, you think it's, it's rather mundane and then you spend a little time on it. This is what we need to do personally in our own private meditations is settle into a passage and start meditating and ruminating and, and turning over the passage in our head. And your Bible reading will be much more profitable. It will be much more rich. But, it, it, but you can't just blaze through it. We had to stop and pick this apart, right? We had to... We had to search for the meat on these bones. And so um, do, this, do this in your private studies. Um, do this uh, with your children, right? S- just ask them, what, what words do you see repeated? What, what themes are in this? And, and do this work and you'll... Um, so that's... This is more a sermon about... Or, or this mo- time was more spent on how to do how to do Bible study than anything else. But I think what we've pulled out of this passage is also encouraging, or I hope so. Any last thoughts or comments that somebody's burning to get out there? Children? Are you thinking about this as we go through this? Or are you drawing and checking out? Pay attention too and throw your comments in here in these evening services. Yeah. It is kind of funny, isn't it? What have I done? You know, I've been good this whole time. Do you ever say that? What have I done? I hear you kids say that all the time. What have I done? But you're usually guilty. In this case, David's, David uh, is guilty too. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's been attacking the Philistines, you know, and he's like, what have I done? Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pray to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. It is, um, <clears throat> Lord, we, we are thankful that uh, you have revealed yourself to us and you've given us your word. And, and Lord, that we can, we, can find, we can find strength, we can find uh, joy, we can find guidance and everything we need within your word. Lord, to, to think of living, leading our lives without this uh, firm foundation is, is mind-boggling. Lord, but so often we do neglect to, to dig into your word and to look for uh, the answers that you uh, will provide us in no other way but, then, but that but then through your word. And so forgive us, Father, and lead us to a long to, 
to meditate on your word all the time. Lord, meditate on your law day and night. And may we from that be like those trees planted by water that are unshakable and, and also yielding of fruits uh, in their season. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.